you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by, as always. You guys are the Chris Voss Show family, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law. She never liked you anyway, folks. So we've got an amazing author on the show today. We're going to be talking to him about his newest, hottest book. He's a multi-book author and one of the original author. He's the original author. I was going to say authors, but he's the author of the first 90 days, proven strategies for getting up to speed, faster, smarter, that came out, I believe, 2003 and updated in 2013. His newest book, The Six Disciplines of Strategic Thinking, Leading Your Organization to the Future, comes out January 9th, 20. 24. Michael D. Watkins will be joining us on the show uh, today. In the meantime, we beg, plead, all that sort of good to uh, guilt and shame you into referring the show to your family, friends, and relatives. For 15 years, the CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the governors, the Congress members, the Pulitzer, uh, I covered Pulitzer Prize, U.S. ambassadors, astronauts, all the smartest people are on the Chris Voss show. That's just it. We don't let dumb people on the show. I'm the only one who got on the show 15 years ago, but that's why I did it. It's because, you know, no one's going to let me on their show for that matter. Have you seen me lately? <laughs> anyway, guys, share the Chris Voss show glow of the rich intelligence that is imparted to our show by these amazing authors. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Chris Voss one on the tickety talkity over there, and Chris Voss Facebook.com if you want to talk to me on the show and all that crazy stuff. So getting into it, the six disciplines of strategic thinking, Michael D. Watkins is an expert on leadership transitions and organizational transformation and author of the international bestseller, The First 90 Days. His newest book is a how-to guide for the modern leader. Here he represents the six disciplines of strategic thinking that separate the great from the good. Developed through his storied career, his approach to strategic thinking, the set of mental disciplines leaders use to recognize potential threats and opportunities, establish priorities, and mobilize themselves and their organizations to envision and enact promising paths forward is the model followed by some of today's most successful CEOs and new business leaders. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? I am super well, Chris, and just really delighted to be able to spend some time with you and talk about what is my current favorite subject. There you go, leadership, and we're delighted to have you as well. We love the topics of leadership. Give us your dot-coms, Michael, so people can follow you on the interwebs. Sure. So, genesisadvisors.com, advisors with an ERS, and imd.org, which is the business school I teach at in Switzerland, where I'm a professor of leadership and organizational change. There you go, Switzerland. Switzerland. We did a show, I think, yesterday from Switzerland, or I guess from Switzerland. So we're doing a lot of Switzerland stuff there. We're getting huge. We're huge in Switzerland. Now, I just, need a, now I just need a number deposit account. Oh, uh, so 
<laughs> I didn't hear you say that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that anymore, evidently, from what I understand, or maybe, maybe they do. So, Michael, you've written 14 books now, is that correct? Yes, yes. And I, I, my standing joke about this is I wrote one book that sold, I think it's 1.8 million copies at this point, Chris, and 13 that are, you know, 25 copies each. So I, I hit a home run and a bunch of foul balls, basically. But well, you know, I... It's, 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 the the, it's the follow up. It's the journey, right? Yeah. But here's another 8 million right here in your newest book. So give us a 30,000 overview of what's inside the six disciplines of strategic thinking. Sure. It was okay. I'll start with sort of how I got doing this, right? Because I think it, it just give you a bit of context. So you mentioned the first 90 days. I wrote this book. It took off. I ended up building a consulting company. But my own personal practice is working uh, with CEOs taking new roles, right? And that can mm -hmm. be experienced CEO coming in from the outside. It can be someone who's first-time CEO moving inside. Those are my favorites, the first-time CEOs, because there's just it's just such a big leap in the job, right, to, mm -hmm. to, to, to do that. And so I work with them on how to make successful transitions into new leadership roles. And that was the origin of the, of the first 90 days. But, of course, you work with these folks, and you're kind of seeing the way they think, right? And, and you're observing the way they think. And you start to see some who are just kind of like, they seem to, to just kind of like home in on exactly the right things, focus on exactly the right issues, you know, kind of see the future and, and know how to mobilize their organizations to get there. And you're kind of like, wow. And there are other folks where, you know, they may be very good operating executives. And I have huge respect, Chris, for operating executives, right? But they're not really strategic thinkers and mm -hmm. i mean I, I say these days that we're living in perhaps the most exciting and terrifying time in the history of humanity you know <laughs> uh, if, if there's a need for strategic thinking I, I you know at a time greater than current you know I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is strategic thinking is one of the most important things i think in business and leadership strategy you know when i was a kid strategy was like my favorite game i love i love the game stratego i was too sure I was, I was too dumb for chess and i loved risk and i used to play risk like obsessively start and with australia and, and take over the world right exactly yeah <laughs> once you could once you could beachhead on in australia and lock that out so that no one could get in you pretty much could eventually take you know all the things and and so i would play these games incessantly to because uh, i don't know you know that was what you did back in the day we didn't have video games but the strategy element of it was something i loved the mapping the the forward thinking and stuff and i didn't realize what game that was playing with my brain to where when I started my first business at 18 and then went on from there, how, how important that strategic thinking would be and in my life as well and how I mapped up my life. Let's do, we'll get into this some more, but let's uh, talk about you and let's hear your hero's journey. How did you grow up? How did you get into leadership and strategy and so and all the things little tiny about? town in Northern Ontario, Canada mm -hmm. to electrical engineering in Southern Ontario to a brief somewhat unsuccessful career as an actual engineer right mm -hmm. and then got super interested in business uh, went and started to do an MBA a Canadian school got even more interested in research and writing while I was there and so I went to do a PhD at Harvard um, and by the way you know I, I'm sure at some point you've heard of the book a random walk on Wall Street right what I'm describing mm -hmm. is a career that was a random walk around a whole bunch of places right uh -huh. I, I mean I'd love to tell you that there was strategic thinking involved in my career Chris but <laughs> No, absolutely none, right? More, more, I think, a series of pretty good decisions. 
And then after I finished, I taught at Harvard for 13 years. I taught at the Kennedy School of Government at oh. Harvard, teaching mostly negotiation and diplomacy. And then I went to HBS where I taught negotiation, corporate diplomacy, as I then called it. Uh, and then I just sort of, you know, wrote this book on leadership transitions and it kind of just took off and took over my life, basically. And I became Mr. Transition, you know, so mm -hmm. all that work I did before kind of got, you know, set aside to a degree. Um, so that's basically the story. And, and I, you know, as I said, the more recent work on strategic thinking really flows out of all that coaching mm -hmm. and consulting work I do with senior executives. There you go. Strategic thinking is just everything. It really is. And and how much of a difference, if you could put a percentage on it, we're just guesstimating, no one's going to hold you to this. What percentage of being successful as a leader do you think is being strategic? Probably in the At senior levels ways. we're talking about, like at the CEO level or yeah. a C-suite level? Yeah. 40%. There you go. There you go. It's 40%. everything. Whether you're being strategic yeah, it, about I imagine, you know, your, your employee strategy, yeah, your investor strategy, you know, all the different variations of things you need to focus on. Where, where I'd bump it up higher is when you start including one of the disciplines that I talk about in the book, which is mm -hmm. political savvy. Oh. When you start to include political savvy and strategic thinking, now we're up to 60, 65%, right? Oh, so I, I think go. it depends on how, on how you, you know, how, how you package strategic thinking, what you include is pretty important. <laughs> Now, going through the book, the core structure of the book outlines six mental disciplines, as you mentioned, one of them uh, that underpins strategic thinking. Uh, can you can you tease a little bit of that out to us? Sure. So, so and before I do that really quickly, right? So, not a very good definition out there, I thought, when I started of what strategic thinking is, right? Mm -hmm. You talk to people, especially HR people developing senior leaders, you say, is strategic thinking important? Yes, strategic thinking is important. Mm -hmm. What is strategic thinking? I know it when I see it. <clears throat> right? <laughs> I mean, that was basically what I was getting, Chris. It was yeah. like, I know it when I see it, right? I, I know when somebody, like, well, let's push on that a little bit, right? Let's mm -hmm. try to build up a bit of a, a bit of a better model because, you know, I'm an educator, right? That's the mm -hmm. core of what I do is education. I love education. I love working with leaders, especially senior leaders and developing leaders. And that's just a, a huge passion for me, mm -hmm. but you can't put together good programs to develop people if you don't know what the target is. What are you working on exactly, right? And, and I know it when I see it is not a good enough target for, for developing something like strategic thinking. And that was part of what got me going down this road, right? Mm -hmm. So six disciplines, real quickly, knock them out. Um, discipline number one, pattern recognition, right? Uh -huh. Great strategic thinkers are able to look out in the world in all its complexity and all its noise and say, that's what's important about what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's an emerging opportunity. That's yep. a potential threat. That's yep. what we need to be focusing our attention on. Pattern right? recognition is so is so important. One of, one of the things that I went through when I started my first company, I was going through massive anxiety, and I didn't understand what it was. It was part of my HD, AD that mm -hmm. I'd had all my life. And and I was I was collecting stuff and counting. And so when I went in, where with the severe anxiety to the psychiatrist, he says, I, I, I told him that I, I counted stuff. And he was like, not Rain Man quality, but I count stuff. <laughs> no, and and he says, he says, what are you doing? And I go, I, I, I do pattern recognition where I count. So I didn't rec I didn't know it was pattern recognition at the time, but it was part of my strategic upbringing and playing those games. And he goes, he goes, what are you doing now? 
and I go, I, say, I, well, I just count things like uh, billboards. I count billboards. I look at I look at companies and I go, how many billboards do they have? How much are they spending? How much do they probably make? What's their ROI based upon the thing? You know, I would be trying to figure out how business models worked of companies through seeing their advertising and just counting stuff. Just like, just like how many McDonald's are there in the Valley? Uh, what's their marketing game? What's their thing? And seeing those patterns really helped. The only problem is my psychiatrist said that if you didn't use this for business, we'd have you committed right now because <laughs> counting things for no reason is insane, But uh, which I probably was a little yeah. bit at the time. But those pattern recognitions are everything. It helped me identify when Twitter uh, came out and finally became a thing. It's helped me through so many of my 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 things and other people's things. And you know, recognizing what you mentioned, those emerging trends. That's, it's just absolutely central. And if you can't do that, none of the other stuff really matters a whole lot. And you, mm -hmm. what you just said too really points out a key thing you do to build your pattern recognition of abilities, right? Which is immerse yourself in something, mm -hmm. like deeply immerse yourself, mm -hmm. right? There's this notion of the kind of the general purpose strategic thinker. I don't believe that, right? I think that you build strategic acumen and thinking ability around distinct domains just the way you did right mm -hmm. so that so that then when the number of billboards changed or something new showed up you kind of went ah you know you, you right yeah. away you recognize it right away you're on to okay what does that mean yeah mm -hmm. and that brings us to the second one which is um systems thinking right thinking about things in system terms building up mental models of how the world that you're interested in works right mm -hmm. if a happens then that's likely to generate b which is pretty you know likely to go to C and it's going to set up a feedback loop that's going to lead to D and beginning to see the world through those powerful but simple models of the way things work. We, we would call them mental models. I, I was trained originally, I mentioned as an engineer, so systems analysis was kind of central to the education we got. Mm -hmm. And I don't do engineering, but the discipline, there's that word again, of thinking about things as systems, feedback loops, tipping uh -huh. points, right? You go to this mm -hmm. point and it's all fine. And then whoop, it goes, you know, heads off into the stratosphere. So that that's the second one. Does mm -hmm. that make sense, Chris? To you? It does. It does. Because you, you have to be able to have that to be able to activate it. A hundred percent. Now, there's one real important thing here, right? Which is as valuable as those models are, you got to be super careful that the world doesn't change in ways that your models don't track, right? You know, you've got this frozen sure. model in your head and, you know, all of a sudden AI hypothetically shows up and, you know, it's all. And so the process of unlearning, revising, staying current with what's going on is just so important, right? Mm -hmm. in, in, in this this sort of thinking, right? Mental models shouldn't be static. Yeah. And, and you dynamic. And I think the important thing is, as you mentioned, recognizing that, as you said, mental models shouldn't be static. You know, I see I see a lot of entrepreneurs that will f uh, hold on to a model that sometimes is working, sometimes is not, and they'll drive it in the ground and not recognize when change is upon them. You know, we've seen companies like, you know, Kodak and, you know, there's a million business stories about people, you know, even IBM's like, why would everyone, why would anyone want a personal computer in their house? You know, and so models change, especially now the way we're changing with AI. They really do. Well, I, you know, we started out just talking about how just incredibly dynamic the world is right now. I mean, my mm -hmm. goodness. Right? Uh, it's hard to even do the pattern recognition when it's moving on. Really. Yeah, but it's super important still to try, right? To try and figure out what's if yeah. in the midst of all this noise is important that I need yeah. to pay attention to, right? Yeah. And just back to your point, I mean, when you started out with Twitter, right, you, you saw something emerging mm -hmm. 
and you said, okay, that's that's something we're gonna we're gonna it's going someplace, right? It's mm -hmm. got energy, it's got momentum. We're gonna we're gonna you know ride that horse basically right to to interesting places, and that's part of what this is all about. You know? So that's discipline number two. Discipline number three, I call it mental agility. It's a little bit of a combination of things. I thought about writing chapters on separate pieces, but in the end, I decided to combine them. The two things are, I call it level shifting or cloud to ground thinking, right? How do you go from the big picture, right? 30,000 foot level view of things down to the ground, to the detail, but not get stuck up in the clouds and not get stuck down on the ground, know when and how to move between those levels of thinking, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and be able to do it with intentionality. Right to, to not just kind of like oh where am I I'm, yeah, I'm up in the clouds today imagine that right or gosh I'm stuck in the ground you know so the leaders I work with you know that really are are the best strategic thinkers they have that capacity right they're, they they can move between those levels they do it with intention and it's hugely powerful right because they can establish the big picture but the people working for them know they better be on top of the detail right because if I'm yeah. unsure about the detail I'm going to dig into that until I'm I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. So intentionality is everything. Sorry, say it again. Intentionality is everything. Absolutely, I think, right? And what, yeah. we, what we decide to pay attention to and how we're intentional about what we do. Or, or figuring out so what much. you need to pay attention to, too, right? 100%. 100%. So, so the other one that I packaged in with this around mental agility is you mentioned you didn't like chess as a kid, but it's really that ability to think forward a couple moves. Mm -hmm. and then there you go. come back and say which direction should i go and i mean stratego which i also played I, i'll have to admit right in addition <laughs> to risk uh, and hitting those bombs they always really hurt right i mean it was oh, always yeah. like ah you know so anyway there it is right but but that ability just to kind of look forward and reason backward and say okay you know i make this move my competitor's likely to do this my best response is that you know or what moves might they make and what would my best responses be to that? Yeah. Mm. And it's just a little bit of action, reaction, you know, move, counter move, look out a couple of moves. Cause you can't look farther, right? You can't, you can't map this out to, you know, the ultimate detail. The best you can typically do in business is set good direction, get the good direction going, make good initial moves and see where it takes you and then start to adapt. Yeah. Mm hmm. I, that's what I used to do with the bombs. I used to create different traps. I was really good at trapping and strategia. And, you know, when you kind of know lanes, I think it is, if I recall rightly on lanes, it's been a long time since I played, but you bring yeah, some of it back. But I, I used to create little bomb traps. So they trip yeah. one bomb and they'd be like, oh, he's probably got something there. And then they come find all the other bombs. <laughs> well, someday the, you the, someday you and I should have a Stratego match for yeah, we should. It would be fun to play that game just again for shit. It's been so long, but um, I used to my I used to beat the pants off my brother. I used to get so angry. Mm -hmm. The next one up was structured problem solving. Yeah, so this one is is really about framing and solving the problems you and your leadership team are going to focus on. Right, mm -hmm. I, I've got a. A colleague at IMD, Julia Binder, and she and I have written a, an article for the Harvard Business Review that's coming out in the January, February magazine issue about framing problems. And mm -hmm. the tagline for it is not jumping to solutions, mm -hmm. right? 
not taking the time to figure out what's the real problem here, right? And how do we uh -huh. then work with that real problem and not just kind of focus in and say, what's that? Let's go, you know, let's start generating solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's more, there's more, you know, machinery behind how to do that in large organizations and big teams. But the basic idea is, is I think, pretty, pretty intuitive, right? It's mm -hmm. just so easy to say this problem's like that problem, so and that's the solution, so let's go there, right? And not and not step back and ask and inquire and have curiosity mm -hmm. about what's what's the real problem we're trying to solve here. Yeah. Yeah. Or what's the yeah, what's the real problem in and of itself? We used to call that looking I used to call it looking the dragon in the mouth and trying yes. to flush out all the all the potential variations. Are we doing the right thing? Is this the right thing to do? You know, in, instead of just going, whoa, we're going over there. How, how do we do it? What's the downfalls of this? What's the upside? What's the downside? All those sort of strategic thinking elements, maybe a little bit of overkill, but if we could live with the looking the dragon in the mouth and we could deal with the downsides or we could mitigate the downsides, then I don't think that's overkill at all. I, I think yeah. that's good leadership, right? You know, thanks. <laughs> Because that's back to the whole the whole piece about not assuming that the world is staying static and making sure mm -hmm. you're tracking with what the real problem is. And you know, there's nothing worse than than you know solving a problem by putting a band-aid solution on it, knowing that not knowing, but unsurprisingly watching it reemerge in some different form, right? And this is an intended to kind of help you avoid that. Yeah, it's it it's really important to to do all that because you know a, sometimes you're just you're trying to hijack maybe something that's popular. Like everyone's like, we should do AI now because everyone's doing that. And so like, we don't know how to do AI. We're, we're in a bricklaying business. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm sure there's probably some future way that that's going to, AI is going to play into that, but uh, maybe in marketing. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, you just don't want to chase trends just because you, you, uh, you know, there's a trend. Any fallacy in that that you see? I imagine you want to. Oh, absolutely! No, there's no, there's no question, right? I mean, again, mm -hmm. it goes back to that knowing what's important, right? Back mm -hmm. to those trends you spotted with social media when you were mm -hmm. you were launching, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. probably a, a, you know a hundred things you could have focused on, but you focused mm -hmm. on a few, right? Because yeah. you saw the the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely. So did. fifth discipline. Sorry, it's good. No, I was just agreeing with you. Go ahead. So fifth discipline I call visioning. That's one that I think is pretty obvious for most folks, right? That that's a visioning. Part of strategic thinking. Yeah, and, and I, you know, but there's a little more to it than just dreaming. You know, it's important, but it has to be realistic dreaming to a degree. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you do that? You have to work your way back from the vision you create to okay, how are we going to get there? Right? How are we going to create a plan that's going to get us to that future? You need to bring people along with you as you vision, right? Mm, and great. I think that 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 I coined a term in the book, powerful simplification, right? How do you make the vision simple but powerful so that people understand it, right? Mm. And they can they can they can tap into that the energy that flows from seeing what could happen with the organization. Yeah. And of course, if it's too complicated, it's not it may be a great vision. You may have a, a wonderful dream about where to go, but if your people don't understand and buy into it it's not very valuable in the end that's true i think maybe that's where a lot of companies fail is they they maybe have a great vision a new ceo comes in he goes we're going over there you know it was the big the big ship captain and people are just like why and why should we care <laughs> 
Yeah. What's exactly. in it for what's us? In it with me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which actually, and, what's in it for me brings us to the final one, the, the ah. sixth of the, the disciplines, which is the political savvy piece. And you know, I, that's the one that I think people kind of go, you know, okay, Michael, explain to me why political savvy is part of strategic thinking. And, and there's two pieces to it, I think, right? One is political savvy requires you to be strategic in how you try to influence people, right? Mm -hmm. You just don't go out and say, you know, pick someone off the street or out of your organization, convince them about your vision, right? You, you decide who you're going to convince and how you're going to convince them and you think it through, right? So there's that, that piece of it, but there's also the reality that making <clears throat> your strategy a reality requires that you build alliances. It requires yeah. that you influence people, right? And so if you can't do that, well, yeah, maybe the rest of it isn't all that helpful in the end. You know? <laughs> maybe it's helpful. And, you know, if you're in a very large company, you know, strategic alliances are important. We recently saw this that big fallout with Sam Altman at OpenAI and the kerfuffle about all of that. You know, he's not Microsoft, but now Microsoft is a, is the largest investor in OpenAI, which is kind of weird. They may be buying them next week. But, you know, alliances with the board, alliances with your employees, alliances with your vendors, all these strategic Absolutely. alliances that help you get stuff done. Because, you know, as a CEO, you're not a, you're not a master of one vein. You have to sell to everybody. You've got to sell your vision to everybody, you know, everybody from vendors to employees to investors, board members, you know, people working on your team have got to be on board. It's, it's a full, it's a full scale press really. Super, super, super is right. Yeah. When I used to teach MBAs, they, you know, some of them would think, well, you know, when you get to the top of the organization, you know, you're the CEO, you get to make all the calls, you've got the power, you can make the decisions, you know, and everything will be wonderful. Right. And I, I'm kind of like, now, you know, actually, as you get to the top, things only get more complicated politically, right? You've got to balance all those stakeholders. You've got to work the alignments. You've got to create the alliances. And that's externally, right, to shape what's going on outside. It's internally. And it's it's just, and that's in the end exactly, Chris, why I included it in the, in the book. Definitely. you got to do all the things uh, when it comes down to it. So six different strategies, pattern recognition, systems analysis, mental agility, structured problem solving, visioning, and political savvy. So one of the conclusions you have in the book is developing your strategic thinking ability. What are some things that we can do to get in that strategy mindset? Well, so this is super, super, super important, right? Because you could well say this is all fine. It's great, lovely model, you know, like the disciplines, all very interesting. But can I realistically develop this capability? Mm -hmm. right? You know, it's not terribly helpful if you tell me all the things I can never be, right? Because by virtue of, you know, birth and upbringing, I'm either one of these or I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it was, by the way, it's the same conversation we had when I was teaching negotiation, right? Because mm -hmm. again, you have people absolutely who are naturally better negotiators than others. But you know, we always found we could make people better, mm -hmm. right? Now you can debate five, ten percent better, twenty percent better. You know, maybe it's somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. That means that means a lot. If I can make you a twenty percent better negotiator, a twenty percent better strategic thinker than you are today, that has real value for you yeah. and for your organization, right? Especially if so, I'm already good at it, right? So then we're just adding on. 
Exactly. But even if you're not super good at it, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's even more important that, that we make you at least average <laughs> at doing it, right? Because otherwise, you're, you're so not. So if you you're suck, you'll, I'll make average length. Well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, we we won't push too hard on that one if it's yeah. okay, right? No, but that's but, actually but, good, though. Yeah, yeah, but but the idea that this is something that can be learned, this is a set of skills that can be learned. That's there a foundational go. idea because mm -hmm. because otherwise it's not much point in trying to do stuff, right? But if you if you believe that, which I do deeply, and if you believe that these disciplines are important ways of thinking. Then you can begin to construct, I think of it as like an, an exercise program, right? Your strategic thinking exercise program, the mm -hmm. mental work you do on a regular basis to start to build up these mental muscles of yours, yeah? Pattern recognition, right? Just starting to read lots of newspapers and see what do I think is important here, right? Or diving deep the way you did into, you know, the, all those billboards and what are those, what decisions are those people making, right? So you, you can begin to accelerate the process. You can find somebody who's a super good strategic thinker and work with them and learn from them about how they think about the world and how they see the world. Yeah. Oh. For visioning, you can start to do, I mean, it's a simple exercise I talk about in the book, right? Where you go into a room you haven't been in before and rather than just, you know, nice room, you go, well, okay, if I were going to change this room to make it a better, a better room, a more enjoyable room perhaps to be in or a more functional room to be in, what changes would I make? Huh. That helps work the little the little visioning muscle a little bit, right? Because there's an imagination component to doing that. Mm -hmm. So for each of the disciplines, I try to lay out some basic things you can do to start to work on it. Yeah, and as I said, I it sort of the analogy is to physical fitness only. It's mental film fitness, right? It's mental muscles you're, you're you're building up, and having that idea of you know you need to have an exercise program, right? That you that you pursue on a reasonably disciplined, reasonably regular kind of basis. And I think the importance of having that last item you talked about where you look at things and how to improve them kind of keep you from, well, we just need to copy what everyone else is doing and, and go do it. You've got to have, you know, Tom Peters talked about it, creative swiping, but you've, you've got to be able to take, you know, maybe what's going on in the marketplace, you know, whatever's hot, like AI, and you got to go, how can we build something that's unique? How can we how can we build something that you know isn't what everybody else is doing that's chasing the everybody everything else or everybody's doing model I suppose and absolutely and so sitting sitting in that and going you know how do we make this different that's that's the beauty of entrepreneurs that I love so much especially young small up and coming entrepreneurs that you know they take a widget and they and they do some sort of innovation or improvement on it they're like this thing sucks i can make this better you know we we had an author on yesterday where she used to read a lot of romance novels and 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 rom-com novels sort of things and and she's like yeah i would have done this better and after several years of reading these books she did she's like i know i can do a better book so she did one and it killed so then we interview her for a second one but yeah this is the thing I love about entrepreneurs. They that's just, such a super, super good example, right? Of mm -hmm. her, she immersed herself in a, in, a, mm -hmm. in a domain until she saw the patterns and how it worked, and she built mm -hmm. up a model in her brain about, you know, this is this is how a, a romance novel gets constructed with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then she knocked it into the park. I mean, that's a it's a wonderful example, Chris. Yeah, definitely, it's it, and I think that's maybe where a lot of people don't. Do you think that maybe? That's where a lot of leaders fail. They don't do that immersion. They just maybe try and hijack onto something that seems faddish. Skipping over the surface of things, right? Huh. Which is never yeah. going to give you the insight that it, that, you, that you need to have. Yeah. Or they even want to do that. 
No, no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess there's one, one more piece, which I, I, it's, it's, it's in the book, but it's in more detail in an article that a colleague and I just wrote for also for Harvard Business Review, which is how do you talk like a strategic thinker? How do you help people see that you're a strategic thinker, right? Oh. And it, and it's a bit of a chicken and egg because, you know, you don't get the opportunities to demonstrate your strategic thinker unless people think you're, you're a strategic thinker, right? And and so, but there's there's some pretty simple things you can do and the way you engage in dialogue, the way you, you know, the, the terms you use that can signal that you're a strategic thinker and that can that alone can open up opportunity for you. There you go. And it, it can open, open opportunity for, you know, people who see you as a leader, if they see you think strategically, if you're smart, if you're wise, if you're not impulsive and doing stupid stuff, I think makes a difference. I think people see that in you as a leader. Do they not? I don't know. I mean, I, I just be, they absolutely be narcissistic. They absolutely do. Boy, that's a topic we could spend a long time on. You know, it's narcissism or strategic them. narcissism. Both, <laughs> both. Right. And, and, you know, what you know we know that tech ceos ha tend to have certain kinds of personalities is that the personality who want to be making decisions about potential weapons of mass destruction right oh, yeah. i don't i don't think so right i don't think so i mean yeah. because what you mentioned impulsivity risk-taking ability like seriously plus huge financial incentives oh my right yeah what could go wrong <laughs> exactly <laughs> what indeed so anything more we want to tease on in your book before we go? So I think we've covered the foundations, um, mm -hmm. Chris. You know, I think the, the, the basic idea here is to try and, you know, um, pull it apart, get pretty precise about what it is, mm -hmm. identify those key disciplines, right, and have those make sense to people and have them see that they're things they can work on and give them some tools to work on them with, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the fundamentals of what I was trying to do with the book. There you go. So give us your final pitch out to people to order up your book and dot coms where people can onboard with you. Imagine maybe you have some coaching you do or one on one stuff maybe or or consulting. I, I you do. do. I, I I coach C level executives mostly taking new roles, but it, but their strategic thinking is super important, right? Because mm -hmm. you're usually establishing a new strategy for your organization. Mm -hmm. Look, has the world ever been more complex, more uncertain? more volatile, more ambiguous than what we're facing now. I can't think of a time when it was, right? I don't know how we got so lucky to be alive at this particular time in humanity, right? It's fascinating, terrifying, but it's also a time when it's never been more important to be able to engage in strategic thinking. It's what's going to, in part, take us through all this or take mm -hmm. your business through all this. And I guess that's message one. And message two is no matter how good or not good you think you are strategic thinking you can get better and this book can help you get better you can always get better that's always true there's never it's a never-ending get better is in like a never-ending journey isn't it <laughs> it really is <laughs> so there you go well it's been wonderful michael to have you on the show thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to our Stratego grudge match. Let's do that. I got to go learn to play the game again. <laughs> I, was, uh, I remember vaguely about it, but yeah. Thanks, it's, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Manus, for tuning in. Order of the book wherever fine books are sold, because it's important to support our authors that come on the show. The six 
Disciplines of Strategic Thinking, Leading Your Organization into the Future, comes out January 9th, 2024. Michael T. Watkins, and check out all 14 of his other books and the original popular one, The First 90 Days, Proven Strategies for Getting Up to Speed, Faster, Smarter, Updated, and Expanded. And remember, we're almost to Christmas, so, well, like I said, it's not going to matter. We're releasing this in January, so order for next Christmas. There you go. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Chris Voss, one of the TikTokity, and Chris.com. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time.